I got my hat backwards, my jersey on, and no episode is going to give me more anxiety than this one. Because we're talking movies, we're talking Clerks, starring Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, and Jason Mewes. Written and directed by Kevin Smith. You know, there's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude. But they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. So first off, that is very accurate. And my favorite is hermaphroditic porn. Chicks with dicks that put mine to shame. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of how'd you like that movie we're heading back to the 90s we're going to be talking about a quintessential gen x film 1994 kevin smith clerks scott are you anxious because unlike you i was there (laughs) oh okay so yeah like like i said in the intro no nothing's made me more anxious than this like in the three years we've been doing this podcast i've I've made sure to avoid Kevin Smith movies because I fucking adore Kevin Smith movies. And if you talk shit about it, I think this podcast is over. Like we're done. You heard it here first people. This could be the end of the show. (laughs) So, and that's the thing. That's why I've made sure like this film. It's like, to me, it's like, where were you when fucking JFK got shot? Like, the first time I've ever watched this movie is ingrained so much into my brain. Like I know what I was doing. I know where I was. I remember the situation like, and it kind of shaped me. But how old would you have been? Like I was literally when I first watched this movie was spring of 95. And it was in the, the infancy of pay-per-view. Do you remember when the cable channels used to be all fuzzy but you could still hear the pay-per-view yes, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you if you stared at it long enough, you might like depending on what time you're watching the pay-per-view, you might see like a, a little boob or something <laughs> like that. Is that a boob? Maybe it's an elbow. I mean, yeah, at this it, point, you, it's fine because I'm adolescent. They're all getting me horny. So <laughs> So yeah, so that's how I watched this movie. Like we were I was flipping through. Wait, seriously, actually... like you didn't even pay for the fucking movie? You watched it on the Squiggly channel? No, wait, listen. So it was actually my cousin called me over. And so we, we went over and he was like, you, he watched it first. And he was like, you got to watch this, right? So it's all squiggly. And then the minute the fucking like view askew title card comes on, it was like fucking Moses parting the Red Sea. It, it went it went clear. Like the fucking pay-per-view thing glitched for clerks for some reason. So it was like, a, like you know, it was one of those things. Was, was it like, Moses yeah. or was it Scott Mosher? Party the Red <laughs> who, knows? who knows who knows what it was right but yeah it was like it was one of those like things that was like obviously this was meant to be like you know Alanis Morissette so. opened up the clouds and made sure <laughs> you could see this film she was like isn't it ironic don't you think <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah so we watched the movie uh, obviously like I was still too young like I didn't understand the sexual references that were being spoken but like sex with a hobo or actually an old man in a bathroom or, who's dead or, or snowball, like, what <laughs> snowball meant? like, you know, uh, but the thing that hooked me about this movie 
uh, and I, even now watching it, right? Like it's the dialogue, like the dialogue for this film. It's for me, it was the first time, you know, that I thought movie characters actually spoke like real people. Yes. Like that the conversations that they were having, it was literally conversations me and my friends were having. Like we had the whole, like which star Wars was better. Right. We had those conversations and, and it made me identify with his work so much. And that's why like to this day, I, I like, I adore this man. Right. Like. So I would agree. I think that this, this film so get ready to drink because I'm actually going to make an association between QT. So I think that one of the things that Quentin Tarantino did really well, I mean, he does often, but we really see, uh, you know, when we first see his work come on, on the screen with Reservoir Dogs and Kevin Smith's Clerks is dialogue that's written like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's all, it's like a, a half shade more clever than maybe we would actually talk. But like that scene in the in the coffee shop with, at the beginning of Reservoir Dogs, them just talking about Madonna and Big Dick and da 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 da. You're like, I mean, people debated stupid shit like that and smoked cigarettes. Like I sat in coffee shops, smoked cigarettes, and talked about fucking useless stuff. Kevin Smith in Clerks, you're like exactly what you're talking about. Like regular people talk like this. Like yeah, they might be coming up with some like slightly more interesting concepts, but we also came up with interesting concepts. The characters don't feel scripted like you know they're scripted you're watching a film you're like i know that this is written but it sounds exactly like what you would talk about and you know in the early 90s i'm i've even i'm a bit young like i would have been about 16 you know that generation that was like 20 and a little bit older like this was their life right like it's interesting i was just reading an article about friends like the tv show which i never watched and how Fuck you! You never watched Friends. I, I didn't, man. I think I've probably seen two episodes in my entire life. One of them being the so. One wait, wait, Pitt. wait, wait. So you watched two episodes. So you have watched Friends. Okay, fair enough. Touche. Um, <laughs> and how that was like this big hit in the '90s, but it has almost like no real like '90s aspect to it. That Gen X grunge, poor, you know, depressed. Like that is everything that Clerks is. You know, what is the future? What what are we going to do with our dead-end jobs? Um, and just kind of hanging out, smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee. Like, I mean, you could look at, like, Reality Bites is another example of that era's film. Actually, it's this is a perfect time just to me throw my quote in. So uh, Matthew Rosa from Salon.com said, At his best, Kevin Smith captures the zeitgeist of an era and becomes the voice of a generation. I mean, that's the second time we've used the word zeitgeist in as many weeks. Uh, but it is. like. I know, it's your word. You it's, well, it's not my word. It's a real world word that exists. No, no, it's your it's your word word of the day. Calendar. Like gaffer, you, like when you, I got you, caught you, on gaffer, and I just kept saying yeah. gaffer. Uh, so, I so let's talk about the dialogue. Does the dialogue hold up? And I I, I am gonna like put an asterisk. I get there's some problematic language in 2022-2023. but for me, this film it's made in 1994. This isn't like the backlash that Quentin Tarantino gets for Django because he's making like a kind of a modern film and he's using that n-word pretty heavy on rotation you know Kevin Smith this is a time capsule of the 90s like you watch it and you're like holy shit man we talked like that like that was like especially like the the f-word for uh LBGTQ like we're like that got thrown around like everywhere everybody was the f-word right so anyway go ahead what do you what do you think how do you think the dialogue stands up uh in current times 
I, I think it still stands up and it's still, you know, it still works in which it's the dialogue is still going to make you laugh. Like even that line, like now where you have, well, it's the line that sold technically Miramax to buy the movie to distribute, you know, when he walks out of the convenience store and he was like, my, my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. And then the guy's just like in a row, <laughs> right? Like, cause in reality, like, in co- in contrast like if you're just walking out and you're walking into that conversation and that's all you hear like the guy screaming at you like that'd be your first response too like yeah fucking a row well and i like, <laughs> like the line that comes right after that it's like try not to suck any dick going through the parking going hey you get back here because that dude's yeah, like oh the guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 100 percent a langford character he's like <laughs> i know this guy <laughs> but uh, yeah it still works but it's still like even it for the nineties, right? Like even um how you're talking about like the LGBTQ stuff, like it it's it was still a lot more forefront there where you technically had two heterosexuals and he's discussing like, you know, he's he will he's willing to um you know be curi- not curious but open minded so that's why he's watching your you know your your little quote for the movie, right? Where he's like, chicks with dicks yeah. to put mine to shame. You know that that porn series is actually a porn series. Like is it really? Yeah, but it's not about hermaphrodites. It's about bisexual women. Oh, nice. But um, yeah, I would agree with you. I think I think the dialogue is so fun. It's like campy, you know, for the you know when they're doing the Chewy's gum thing at the beginning, and Veronica jumps up on the counter and sprays him down with the fire extinguisher. The hockey scene. Um, I mean, I love the whole conversation <laughs> about Star Wars and about like, you know, you the first, you know, when the first Death Star gets blown up, it was all just Imperials. But on the second one, it was like contractors. And then that guy's like, I'm a roofer. And he does this whole little spiel about how he didn't take the job. And you're just like, this is so good. It is so fucking good. Right. Like, yeah, like um, it's what made Kevin Smith like one of my favorite writer directors. Right, because he has that. He, um, he is able to make reality like on on your screen, right? Where I don't think a lot of people kind of acknowledge acknowledge that. But not only that, like a lot of, I think a lot of franchises that came after, oh their success to this movie yeah similar, like, I don't sim- think... similar to all the like tarantino ripoffs that came after reservoir dogs with the non-linear format and all that like they, it was a groundbreaking piece of cinema yeah like i don't think in my personal opinion right i don't think you have scream without fucking clerks oh interesting where... i want you to tease that out well think about it the characters in scream they're technically like fucking Dante and Randall right there like where you know Jamie Kennedy's character is pretty much fucking Randall and whoever uh what's his name the guy who played Scooby-Doo you get stabbed you're like I'm not even supposed to be here today right but that's the thing it was all they that that movie is infused with the pop culture right like the way they're talking they're talking like teenagers who are like fucking going to the mall every day fucking going to blockbuster every friday night to to watch the movie and discussing these movies while they're there like they even have the fucking blockbuster scene where they're they're talking like thinking that fucking 
I don't even remember the guy's name. Yeah, the yeah, actor yeah. character's name, Steve Oldrich. Uh, character is fucking the killer, right? But they're using like movies and quoting movies, which you don't really see. Like for me, at least, you didn't really see that until this, right? Like the idea when- that someone's like in a movie making references to films the way like an entire generation who grew up with like video stores. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have like Salsa Shark. Like when he's fucking like, <laughs> like you're like five. Right? Shark. Uh, uh, Chip goes in the in the water. Sharks in the water. Like the whole line from Jaws. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he's like, we're gonna need a bigger can or whatever the fuck he said. Right. Um. But, so is is this your what is your favorite Kevin Smith film? Uh, for me personally, yeah, it, it, it's Mall Rats. Really. We're talking like Tusk. We're talking uh, whatever hockey hosers or whatever it's called, yoga yeah, hosers, like all of that stuff. Really, it's Mallrats. When Mallrats came out, uh, which I th- fuck, I would have been what? 15? I think it was like two years after this, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, Mallrats? I would. That's yeah. That's literally when I would have been like fifteen, sixteen, where all we could do was fucking hang out. Like we were Mallrats. Did we have the Cambridge Center yet? It was it was opening at the time. So at the time when Mallrats came out is when you had only Zellers and you had the bay on the end and they had the shuttle that went across. Oh, yeah. But yeah. You, you would go to Zellers to fucking play, you know, like you'd go play the fucking Nintendo 64, right? Because they had like the little demo there. So everybody would be lined up fucking <laughs> playing it, right? You'd be trying to pick because some of the food court was open. So you'd be trying to pick up. Like girls that you don't even know, like fucking at the food court, trying to be all cool and that, shit. That's that's you know that generation. That was when like if you had a job at the mall, you were like the fucking highest status. Well, wait, as long as you had a job at a retail store in the mall, you were like the highest status individual possible. Like the guys and girls that worked at like bootlegger and stuff like that. You were like, oh fuck, when I grow up, that's what I want to be, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, right, and, and that's the thing that like because he encompassed what i was like living through at that time and even now like it's still like my favorite and like during that time i was the comic book geek so when they're having all these in that time in that what do you mean in that time you're still that guy what are you talking about but i'm just saying it was more so you know now you don't have to read your comic books you just go sit in a movie theater for three hours and watch them i know it's my fucking childhood on screen (laughs) but yeah so you know, in like in Walmart's when they have like the homage to like Tim Burton's fucking Batman, and then they're talking about fucking like how like, superheroes would came- fuck like that yeah, shit. Stan Lee camera cameo shit, and you're like fuck, like knowing it's Stan Lee. Um, but yeah, like Mallrats is something that's on my rotation probably like every three or four years i'll always go revisit it right because i fucking i love it so much right and i and i like his work a lot right so like I, i'll be honest i still haven't seen uh clerks three but it was he did do that convenience store uh tour and it was going to toronto but i wasn't able to get tickets to actually do the the q a and watch the film with them so uh, what I think is funny is like, so, you know, you've got uh, Brian O'Harrowin, Jeff Anderson, who plays obviously uh, Randall, uh, 
both him, so both Brian O'Hara and Jeff Anderson basically have only had a career with clerk, like clerks, like Kevin Smith and the stuff that comes from clerks. Like they've done some minor stuff in other films, but like, it's like you do one movie and you get paid for the rest of your life, either through residuals or you're in the second one. They've played roles in other like mall rats and chasing Amy and stuff like that. Like Brian O'Halloran who plays Dante. He was in mall rats chasing Amy. Uh, Jeff Anderson was in Clerks and dogma. And then of course, like there's Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes who like, yeah, Kevin's like directing and writing and stuff, but they're Jay and silent Bob. Like they are a brand. Like they are, they actually, these last characters, or I guess, I mean, they're throughout the film, you know, um, but ends up like having a much bigger role in the view askew landscape, right? Like dogma is them. Like it's their first kind of like standalone film. They show up, uh, in chasing Amy. I mean, they've got a pretty big part in mall rats as well. So yeah, but also, you know, how you're talking about, you know, these comic book movies in life, you, you have the VR skew universe to thank for actually having like a continuous universe, like a shared universe on screen that people understand these You can follow these characters, right? Yeah, like Brian O'Halloran often plays either Dante or Dante's cousin. <laughs> uh, what I found interesting when I was doing my, kind of my background, so Scott Mosier, the producer, he uh, he's produced a bunch of, uh, he produced Mall Rats and Chasing Amy, he produces a lot of Kevin Smith stuff. He's also an EP on Goodwill Hunting. But he plays Snowball. And I remember that term being thrown around. Like, I hadn't, I hadn't even seen Corks yet. And people were talking about that. First off, I don't think it's a real fucking thing. I don't think anybody actually ever wants that done. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that the producer, the the role that he plays, the primary role he plays is one of the like, well, he is the catalyst though, right? Because without this conversation about Snowball, you don't get to find out about how many dicks she sucked, right? So yeah, like, it kind but... of snowballed into that conversation. Right, because this movie... You know, it it was done like twenty. I think it was twenty two thousand is how much it cost them to. So I've got a weird number. I've got twenty seven thousand as a production budget, but then I've got a two hundred and thirty thousand dollar post production budget. So that might have been after Miramax picked it up and they like actually like uh, had the film stock and everything because uh, it was shot on like sixteen millimeter or whatever. Um, they might have actually taken it to a proper lab that Kevin wouldn't have had uh, money to. Uh, to do like a really good post-production process too. So I've got tw- uh, 230,000 as a post. So that if, you know, if you were to combine those, you're like 260 and it did 4.4 million at the box office. Who knows how much on like DVD sales, video on demand, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, but in terms of what I was saying, like, because this was, you know, it, it, and I discussed it in prior episodes, like the reason why, I like Kevin Smith a lot too is because you got a, you had a guy who like fucking bet on himself, right? Like he sold his comic book collection. He fucking maxed out his credit cards to make this, this film. But Hey, do you want to, do you want to hit the can con or the can can for this? What? That they both went to Vancouver film, film school. school. Yeah. Well, they dropped yeah. out of Vancouver school. Actually, I don't, I don't know. Mosier might've finished, but yeah, Kevin took his, only did half the the eight month program and took some of the money that he had for that, like you said, on top of the credit cards and, you know, borrowing three thousand dollars from his mom and everything else. And yeah, just fucking twenty one days of shooting. He worked at that quick stop. 
they filmed and then he would clean up and go sleep for two hours and go back to work yeah but the the thing especially like watching it again like you could see how much fucking fun these guys were having while filming this movie well, like, the actors, maybe. I know. I'm sure Kevin, like, they, I think by the end of it, he couldn't even stay awake for the fight scene because he had, 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 like, one hour's sleep for three weeks straight. Yeah, but it's still, like, even one of my favorite scenes is the one where they're about to go to the um, to the funeral, like, the wake, right? And then they're like, it's a four o'clock on a Saturday. Who wants to go to a convenience store there? And you, it, it like cuts to the people banging. But if you look at it, it's supposed to be angry fucking people. Every single person there that's banging is fucking smiling and laughing the whole well, time. Well, and it's sort right? of like the beginning with the merchant merchant of death thing where they're throwing the cigarettes at them. If you actually look at them, yeah, they're just having a time like pelting Dante with cigarettes, right? Hey, at least they yeah. weren't lit. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But yeah, and then you had Scott Mosier, but yeah, he played um he played Snowball, who was William the Indian Man Child. He was also the angry fucking customer who wanted who ended up like fucking shooting the ball into the sewer. Yes. And he was he played an angry mourner. But you also had Walt Flanagan, who's like Kevin Smith's best friend, who play like seven different fucking characters yeah he film. played the like the dude that was upset they were talking about like porn he played the guidance counselor with the eggs all that mm-hmm. stuff right yeah the uh the guy who um uh, he was one of the people that were throwing the cigarettes too so all i gotta say chris is you know once you're women's that suck film if i'm not like seven different people obviously <laughs> in this film like obviously i'm not as good as friend as you make it seem to believe i thought we were i thought we were co-hosts i didn't realize we were friends that's uh that's a uh, breaking news everyone breaking news you heard it here first um, i'll remember that next time i get the sad text like hey it's my birthday and you know <laughs> my family's coming over we really like you to come because you know your family yeah uh <laughs> so something that is kind of sad so lisa spinar or spawner who played Caitlin Bree died in 2017. She was only 44. Uh, it, you know, it's listed as uh, an accidental overdose to hydromorphine, but she was dealing with like cancer and a bunch of other stuff. And like, like that's super fucking young, man. Like 44 is like, Oh shit. That's like how old I am right now. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be prefer which, not to be dead. Which did delay kind of, the third movie too right because jeff anderson really kind of didn't want to do it with with her gone right so and again you haven't seen corks three yet no not yet so it'll be interesting i have not i mean corks two was bad enough that i didn't need to fucking sign up for corks three i probably should watch it at some point just to see i i I don't think you should be re like you don't remake movies like this like boondock saints right they make another one garbage because the original film has a certain essence to it it's 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 you know everything coming together at right place right time and like that zeitgeist term really like applies and then you're just kind of like wearing the tread off the thing you know yeah but i think especially with this clerk series is it's the more autobiographical oh fuck autobiographical yes um series because it's literally each film is the section of Kevin Smith's life, right? Like clerks is him trying to make his first movie while living in the clerk uh, thing. Clerks two is him dealing with, you know, 
becoming a father and three is him after his fucking heart attack is it after the is, is well i mean it, it is after his heart attack but does it really actually have anything to do with that you haven't seen the movie yes but in the fucking trailer uh randall has a heart attack and like what the fuck am i doing with my life oh and decides to make a fucking movie oh so, interesting so yeah i don't have to watch the movie to know what the plot is based on the trailer uh what uh is there anything else about i mean i think everybody should see clerks i think everybody probably mm-hmm. has seen clerks uh i mean i like the the cinematography in it is great that's um do, 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 do. the dp is uh david klein who again works with kevin smith all the time he was on cop out chasing amy mall rats um it's weird because it's like not super stylized but it's very well composed, but it's also not overly simple. They have like these, you know, tight inserts and a bunch of other stuff. Um, they do a really good job. Like they, you know, the work they did in 21 days, especially like as we've discussed, you know, shooting kind of when the store is shut, it's a really well-made film. Like it's well edited, which I mean, Kevin Smith and Mosher also were the editors on it. Uh, it'd be interesting to know how long it took them to actually edit it together. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great film. I think it still holds up as long as you're, you know, okay with the fact that the language is going to be, it's like a period piece, right? Like it, it is, this is the nineties. This is what it was smoking cigarettes, maybe seeing off colored shit, drinking coffee. Right. So, and, and no real hopes for the future. Yeah, that was the nineties, <laughs> but now I can at least breathe a sigh of relief that we can still be friends. Oh, just because I like Clerks doesn't mean I like every other. No, no, no. <laughs> we're we're ending it. At, don't say another word, right? Because you're going to need me for the next episode. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. Kevin Smith is, I mean, has, you know, done like tons, I think he's done like 17 films and his podcast and like, he's, he's pop culture. Like he's silent Bob. He looks weird skinny though. It just, it doesn't look right. It does not look right. I I know it's it's good for his health. he looks good, man. You think he looks good? Good for him. Uh, Yeah. Good for fucking him, man. Like, you know, like the weird thing is watching that um, Q&A he did while he was fucking having the the heart attack because that's on like i think you can watch it on tubi the comedy special and that's literally while he they filmed it while he was fucking having the heart attack well yeah he basically goes to his green room and it's like this guy is fucking hiking a, a fucking trail every fucking day right it's taking his health seriously so we can have like 25 more years of fucking clerks, clerks the final it's like clerks Clerk six. It's them in the fucking retirement home up front. <laughs> like, where's the deadpans? Where's the like? Where's the diapers? And they're just giving everybody else shit. That's right. Uh, you got anything else? No, no. I have, we can still be friends. We can for now. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.